With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, 32 fans in 32 days is back. I'm here without Alex, but with two guests. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers today, and I've got two brothers. They're returning champions. They were on last year also. Sean McAvaney and Cade McAvaney are both here. Guys, how are you doing? Pretty good, Akiva. Good to talk to you. Yeah, so last year we spoke, and I feel like you guys were pretty bullish on the Steelers, if I remember correctly. Is that right? Yeah, I think we had them at 11 wins last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how'd it go? Time. We were pretty close. The uh, the Jets game slipped away from us. Um, yes, I think that would have uh, would have bo- boosted the wins a little bit. But overall, um, I it pretty much went the way we kind of thought it would. Other than the start of the season, got off to a, a slower start than I expected. But um, overall, not too bad. Well, I mean, by Steelers standards, it was one of the worst seasons in a long time, though. Of course, and that's kind of how the last five years have been or so. But, you know, you're transitioning to a rookie quarterback. Uncertainty going into the season could have been a lot worse. Definitely not up to the standard is the standard standard. (laughs) But, um, you know, I think all things considered in the transitional period, the rebuilding phase, um, I was overall more pleased than not with how it went. Yeah, it's interesting. Um you, you guys started five and eight and your season was essentially over at that point. And then you end up winning your last four games. Is there, do you think there's more reason for optimism because, and Pickett played, uh, I think three, the last three games. Um, is there more reason for optimism because you did end the season on such a big winning streak? It's like, all right, we sort of put it together. Pickett obviously got better as the season went on. Does that matter? You think? It definitely gives everybody a lot of confidence. You know, it's better than finishing on a losing note. And in some ways, finishing on that winning streak and not making the playoffs, going out on a on a winning note and feeling like you left some on the table is a good thing. On the flip side, the teams that we beat towards the end of the season were not the most competitive. I don't know if any of them were playoff teams. So there is some question marks lingering as to whether those were legit wins and we actually put it together and we can compete now with playoff teams. But, um, you know, like, like I said, to kind of start it off, uh, I am optimistic going in. It's just going to kind of see if we can keep it rolling and take that next step. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the state of Pickett. Okay. Tell me what you saw that you liked and didn't like from Pickett last year and what you're expecting this year in general. Sure. I think the, um, the big negative with him that you kind of hear, 
in the media and the public was two things. You hear people talk a lot about the early season interceptions and you hear a lot of people talk about the checkdowns. Regarding the interceptions early in the season, I think if you really go back and, and review each one of them, none of them are decision interceptions where he's not seen the field or, you know, making bad throws at the ball. I think there's, you know, a bad, a bad decision he had in the Miami game that led to a pick at the end of the game and a bad decision in the Buffalo game that led to a pick. Other than those two, it's like jump ball, Hail Marys, or it's hitting off the receiver's hand. And I think they're a little bit not quarterback interceptions. So I'm not too worried about that. And he kind of fixed that as the season went on regarding the checkdowns. I put that a little bit more on the play calling and, you know, Matt Canada kind of holding his hand and throughout probably three and a half quarters and giving him half field reads. And, you know, it's just not really up to him whether he has these downfield, middle of the field throws. But late in the season, he has two back-to-back game-winning drives where they had no choice but to kind of call some of the the big-time plays, and he hit them and connected. So um, moving forward into this season, I think they just need to let him, um, you know, rip it and not hold his hand anymore. And uh, I think he saw that in the first preseason game. He looked really sharp. Yeah, it's interesting. He started off, he, you mentioned the Jet game, which, you know, basically tanks their season when they fall to one and three. He, he comes in in the second half and throws three interceptions. Um, And he, he, so, you know, you take that game out where he doesn't start and his numbers aren't nearly as bad. He never has a game where he th- starts 12 games. Let's call it 11 because one of them, I think, gets hurt on the first play, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but he, he never really had, he doesn't have any two touchdown games. He never really had a game where he just shredded a defense Actually, his only like crazy passing total was uh, the 38-3 loss against the Bills just because he threw 10,000 yeah. passes, so he got over 300 yards. That was the only time he came close to 300 yards. But again, they, they ran a lot with Najee Harris last year, and that you know wasn't really what they were trying to do. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I did see I did see him getting better as the year went on. Uh, he was you know decent in that Ravens game at the end of the year that they won. I remember okay against the Raiders. I don't know. To me, it's like. I don't know how like what his ceiling is. I think he has a very high floor, which is I think what people were saying about him last year, right? Like his floor, I think his absolute lowest floor is very good backup in the NFL, like one of the best like oh, we have an old quarterback but like we have Pickett as our backup. I think that's his floor and the ceiling is like I don't know. Do you want to say like car level? Is that unfair? Cousins yeah, I'm going to give you a really I, I'm going to give you a really scorching hot take and I don't okay. I don't mean it that way, but okay. Um, Kenny really reminds me of a San Diego Chargers Drew Brees. And that's what this team really reminds me of right now. And I was kind of looking at like Drew Brees' stats, 25 years old. It was 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, about 4,000 yards-ish, 65, 60% completion percentage. I think at that time in Brees' career was looked at a little bit the same way. Who is this guy? The Chargers kind of let him go. And then he really takes off with, you know, an elite coordinator. And that's kind of how I see Kenny. Like, I think Kenny has all the tools. He's not like a freak like you see with Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen. So he doesn't inspire that same level of elite confidence. But I do really like his accuracy. I really like his toughness. And I think those are, in my mind, the two biggest in decision making. Those three things, I think, are the biggest things you look for in a franchise quarterback. And I think he totally has that. And it's just going to kind of depend on the system that they put him in. And, you know, if he can get, um, you know, some creative play calling, I think you could really see him take off. So I put him above in terms of potential. 
um, a Derek Carr level. I almost put his floor at like a Derek Carr level. I think you're going to see big things from Kenny this year with the caveat that it's going to depend a little bit on play calling and how creative they get. All right, so state of the coaching staff, you know, I like to ask with some teams, a little silly here. I think Tomlin, I'd imagine your confidence level is still very high in Tomlin. Uh, but what Mac, What about Matt Canada, the OC? Right now, still not very confident. I think the majority of the fan base was very, very frustrated that they kept him for this year. Yes. Um, if you had uh, asked me the same question before the preseason game, I was still in very um, annoyed mode. And one drive with Kenny uh, made me feel a little bit better in the first preseason game. Um, obviously not, uh, you know, rational to base it on one, one drive, but um, at this point, all you can do is hope, but I'm, I'm not happy that they kept Canada, but you never know, you know, maybe he learned and, and really, um, you know, put some new tricks in the bag over the off season, but that's kind of where I'm at. And I think that's kind of how most of the fan base feels right now. Uh, yeah, I think that is fair. Um, all right, let's talk about the offense for a second. I, I feel like Najee Harris, who people thought might become a star, to me, has sort of settled settled as an average running back, basically at best slightly above average in the league. What do you think about Najee? Yeah, he was definitely a little bit disappointing last year, um, especially in the passing game because he saw a lot of action from Ben in his last year. Um, but I think this year, coming into a little bit better offensive line, um, we did a lot of work in the offseason – um, you know, signing Isaac Siamalu from Philly, Pro Bowl alternate, um, drafting Broderick Jones. Um, and I think hopefully with the, when the passing game gets a little bit better this year, should hopefully open things up for him. Um, but he definitely improved as the year went on. It was it was a slow start. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I think it's been a little bit disappointing. But uh, I think this year, more than any other year so far, I think should be the year where he takes off a little bit. And also um, Jalen Warren, our backup running back, I think is a good change of pace to let Najee stay a little bit more fresh, um, you know, instead of having to go through 300 carries a season and, and really um, put a strain on his body. So this year I'm hoping is kind of a bounce back year um, where he gets a little bit more efficient. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for him, but I, I agree. Um, all right. So the receiving core, uh, usually they go with homegrown players. They did add Allen Robinson, um, but the two stars here are Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. There's been a lot of Pickens discourse, like, is he the greatest athlete of any receiver, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it matters. I think that's like a weird thing. Like, who cares how athletic? You know, we've seen guys come into the league who are super athletic, who just like can't run routes or can't catch or are afraid to get hit and are out of the league by their second contract. So that doesn't really, um, you know, uh, uh, impress me as much. But Pickens does seem to be a big character. He, he said he loves he had that fascinating quote where he said, like, I love blocking just because I want to be on tape. I want the coaches basically to never forget I exist for a second. Um, and, uh, so in terms of Johnson as the, and Pickens as the one, two punch, but also like, where do you see Pickett? You're, you're giving me a hot take for Pickett's upside. What about Pickens upside? I, I love George Pickens. I mean, the personality, he, his hands are just probably the best I've seen since AB. I mean, he just catches everything. His route tree last year was extremely limited. It was just go balls and back shoulder fades, you know, all the time. I like seeing in the first drive of the preseason that he expanded on that a little bit and caught that nice slant for a touchdown. But I think the big addition to the receiving core that's not on people's radar is Calvin Austin. He was a draft pick last year, hurt his foot, 4-3 guy. And, you know, we just had no one last year to make that big play and take the top off the defense. And I think that's what he's going to add to this team. 
he already had a 60-yard touchdown in the first game of the preseason, so um, he didn't seem to lose a step with his foot injury last year. But I think between those three guys, you're going to see um, a much more dynamic passing game, assuming Canada lets them open it up a little bit. But, um, you know, in, ter- in terms of Pickens, uh, I-, I think the chemistry between him and Kenny last year was immediate, and I just hope it continues to grow the way it did with Ben and A.B. Yeah, Um uh, and I do think, speaking of uh, breakouts, do you think Fryermuth potentially breaks out this year? There's year three for him. Tight ends take longer, you know, to bake in the oven than uh, a lot of other positions. Fryermuth went from 60 catches for about 500 yards as a rookie to 63 catches for 732 yards as in the second year. Much more impressive. He was really catching dump offs from Ben and uh, at the end of Ben's career. Last year, he was a little almost receiver-esque, 11.6 yards per carry. But his touchdowns did go down from 7 to 2. But in general, the team didn't wasn't really able to pass for any touchdowns. What do you think of uh, of uh, Fryermuth? I mean, I'm curious to see where you have him in your you know NFL player rankings and mm-hmm. if you think he's above above average or not. Oh, um, he's well above average. I, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, t- tight ends, it's, it's not like the greatest group league-wide right now. So No, it's not at all. I, you, I'd, I'd rather have him than not, I guess, but I'm, I'm indifferent. Like, it's not like I think he's this game breaking player, but, um, you know, if, if he leaves the game, it's not like, I feel like we lost a huge weapon either. Uh, you know, he's, he's fine. That's kind of my take on him. Um, I like him. I'm glad we have him, but if, you know, Gentry comes in or someone else, I'm, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned new additions to the line. You brought Samalu over from Philly. I, it, pretty much at this point, anytime you get, an offensive lineman from Philly, even if they're a backup, you know, they're probably going to be pretty solid. Uh, they got a good system there. Um, you know, uh, they, they, they're, they're, oh, their first round pick, Broderick Jones. I know as a Jets fan, people said that Belichick traded that pick specifically to Pittsburgh because they knew they picked Broderick Jones out of the Jets. The Jets released a video showing that he wasn't on their draft board, but who knows who to believe. Uh, but I don't see him currently in the starting lineup. You're a rookie left tackle. Do you think he's going to start? Yeah, I think they've been taking it pretty slow with them. Um, we have Dan Moore Jr., who started the last two years at left tackle for us. Um, so I think they've just been trying to ease him in. I know in training camp, um, he's been running with the second team. Um, but they let him go in the preseason last week. I think he played around three quarters. Um, and looked, looked. I think he looked okay. Um, and I, I think his strength right now has been in the run game. Um, so I think if, if they just let him keep developing in the past game. I think right now there's no immediate rush to get him on the field. We have a guy who's been a starter for two years um, and, and is coming off a strong camp. Um, so I, I would like to see him. I wouldn't mind seeing them throw him out there week one. I think that he's shown enough so far, but um, there's no um, immediate rush right now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. The interior offensive line to me is one of the strongest in the league. You brought over Samalo, Cole, and Daniels. Everyone's above average. Tackles are a little bit of a question. You know, Moore is okay. Okorafor is okay. And, you know, but you do have a lot of bodies, so maybe two of them hit. Uh, but th- that is probably the weakness of the offense, in my opinion, unless Pickett ends up being the weakness of the offense, are the tackles. Um, moving over to the yeah. defense... You know, uh, obviously, there's there's a lot to like here. Um, you drafted, uh, uh, you had a couple second round picks you spent on the on the defense. Uh, Keanu Banton, Joey Porter Jr. What have you seen from either rookie? Do you expect either rookie to play a big part? Yeah, I think I think the Steelers were the perfect situation for Joey Porter to come in. Um, you know, you have a veteran like Patrick Peterson, um, you know, playing that mentor role. Um, Again, kind of no immediate rush to get him out there. You have Levi Wallace. You have two returning starters. Um, and he's coming off a strong camp. Um, you know, hopefully he comes out battle-tested going against – I know he's been specifically against George Pickens and almost every rep he can get um, in practice. So I'm excited for him. Um, he didn't play the first preseason game, so I think he's making his debut tomorrow. Um, and, and especially playing on a team where that front seven is generating pressure and you have Minka over the top, I think it really is the perfect situation for him to come into. Um, and then the same thing with Keanu Benton, when you have Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi and guys you can learn from and don't have to you know, play all these snaps right away. Um, and I think, honestly, Keanu Benton, our second-round pick from Wisconsin, was one of the most impressive people in that first preseason game. I think he had like three tackles for a loss and was just dominating, getting pressure. and stuff in the run. Um, so I think both of them are going to be impact players right away. Um, and, and I'm really excited. Probably, I think they're going to make probably more of an impact than Broderick Jones. I think they're already, already going to see snaps early on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, two tale of, uh, you know, you know, your two sort of most storied uh, defensive players, at least in the front seven. Um, so Cam, Cam Hayward spent six years in the league as like a solid player, right? Uh, by year three, he's a starter, gets hurt in 2016. At that point, he's played six seasons, is sort of just like an underrated, okay, that's a guy's a good player. Since then, uh, from 27 to 22, which is ages 28 to 33, when a lot of guys are sort of watching out of the league, he's made six straight Pro Bowls. He's been um, uh, first team uh, All-Pro three times and second team, I think, once. Uh, and he has put up back-to-back, after in his first 10 seasons, he had, more than seven, uh, more than nine sacks. Once he has had double digit sacks two years in a row. How has this happened? How has he gotten better basically every year, Kim Hayward? Yeah, I know. I'm I'm praying that uh, every year he doesn't fall off and he just seems to keep getting better. I think he benefits a lot. I think from TJ and, and Highsmith and having some other weapons around him and you know just that experience. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch him. Um, I'm I'm hoping. I think I think he's what thirty. 33 years old right now. Yeah, I think he's turning um, 34, yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping that, you know, he, he's able to keep going, especially when when I think we have a window right now to win now. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe draft picks like Keanu Benton can kind of take the load off of him a little bit, um, have him, you know, stay fresh as the season goes on, I think is going to be important for a guy his age. Um, but, yeah, he, he's been he's been great. It's been fun watching him. I think if Aaron Donald wasn't, you know, such an alien. I think that a lot more people would be talking about Cam Hayward. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's threatening to put up a Hall of Fame career with his second half, which would have been basically zero percent odds after six years. He probably needs one more Pro Bowl 
you know, you usually like to get to seven or eight, uh, maybe another all pro, but he, it's not, he's not out of the question. Amazingly. Uh, and then, so on the flip side, TJ Watt uh, goes from being defensive player of the year. Now he did get hurt last year, but he still played 10 games, right? He had five and a half socks sacks. His pressures went down from 52 to 13. So they got, he played, uh, a, you know, uh, two thirds of the same amount of games, but had 25% uh, of, of the pressures. So, uh, you know, have you seen any, are there any nerves for like, oh, he's not healthy or, or may, you know, he's pushing, he's cl- coming close to 30 at this point. Maybe he's not going to be insanely elite or you have no worries about TJ Watt. I'm worried just based on how JJ's career went. And, you know, JJ started getting those injuries and they really racked up and then he mm-hmm. just kind of never turned to true form. Uh, having said that, um, you know, a pec injury is pretty significant for a defensive lineman. So I don't look too much into the stats last year after TJ's injury to say, oh, you know, he played 10 games. Like the stats really dropped off. He's dead, you know, coming into this year. I think having a full offseason of health, he should be healthy. He appears healthy during camp. Um, but having said that, I'm obviously just knowing that JJ, same genetics, same position, just quickly kind of fell off the cliff. Um, after his prime years. So that's kind of where my mind's at, but um, I'll, I'll reserve judgment and see how this year goes first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess the other star of the team is Minka Fitzpatrick. The other star of the defense, excuse me. You added Patrick Peterson, um, who was okay uh, with Minnesota last year. Um, but in general, what do you, what do you think about the, about the Steelers secondary? Do you think it's the strength of the defense or, or it's the part you're the most worried about? I think the secondary is probably the weakest point on, on the team, potentially. Um, having said that, I think our defensive line is arguably the strongest. And I think that's a good complement to have for the weak part of your team, you know, in, in the way, you know, defenses kind of work. You can kind of get away with a lesser secondary if you can put pressure on quarterbacks and, you know, make them get rid of the ball quicker. Um, we'll wait and see what happens with Joey Porter Jr., uh, y- you know, who, who knows? I, I'm hopeful that he could have some sort of significant impact, but it's scary knowing how many holding calls he had in, in college. And that was a very concerning stat throughout the draft process. But um, that's kind of the way I see the secondary shaken out. Uh, we'll wait and see. And, you know, maybe they turn into these ball hawks. Patrick Peterson has been kind of doubling his interception goal for himself every couple of weeks. I think he started out saying he wanted three or four, and then he was saying seven, and now he's saying 12. So he's getting more um, excited as camp goes on, but we'll wait and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there a young player on the defense in particular you're excited to see this year besides the rookies we already discussed? Um, I would say one guy. Um, we've kind of been missing that rotational pass rusher pe- pass rushing piece. Um, you know, opposite T.J. Watt and Highsmith, and one guy we drafted this year is Nick Herbig from Wisconsin. Um, who I think he said is has already trained, been training with TJ Watt for a couple of years now, um, and now has gotten to um, be up close and personal through training camp, and has really developed from start to finish. He needs two sacks, a couple pressures in the first preseason game. Um, so I think with you know, like we talked about TJ's injury risk and kind of keeping him off the field a little bit, keeping him more fresh. Um, Nick Herbig is a young guy that I'm excited about, um, and also the the middle linebackers I think was probably our biggest weakness on defense last year. And we just completely revamped that room. Um, you know, we let Devin Bush walk, Spillane walk, um, brought in three new guys, um, Quan Alexander, Cole Holcomb. So I think Cole Holcomb was probably, you know, one of the big biggest defensive signings this year. 
mm-hmm. and probably had the strongest strongest camp um, out of anyone on the defense this year. So that's probably the guy I'm looking forward to most. I'm hoping he gets a couple more snaps this next week. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I'm 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 excited to finally have a an inside linebacker room that isn't a liability this year. Yeah, I mean it's a it's like you brought over a ton of guys. So Landon Roberts was I think the leading tackler on the Dolphins last year, or or right up there. He did 100 tackles, four and a half sacks, a uh, bunch yeah. of tackles for loss. Really put up uh, nice numbers. He looked good last year when I watched him play. Um, uh, Marcus Golden is a little bit of a lottery ticket, right? Every like third year he gets like double digit sacks and then he goes away and hibernates for two years, but he's had, uh, 10 sacks or more three times in his career. Not bad for, um, a veteran pickup and Quan Alexander played for the Jets last year. I think he's the hardest hitter in the league at this point. Like a guy plays like, uh, everyone on the other team, you know, uh, beat up his family. Like he is, he's just the hardest hitter, uh, in today's day and age. Like it, you almost expect him to get called for a penalty every play he plays. He plays so incredibly hard for uh to the whistle. He's uh, a fun guy to have on your team, even though skilled wise, skill wise at this point, he's he's you know pretty average as a linebacker. You you will end up loving Quan. Pittsburgh will love Quan Alexander. Um, yeah, you nailed that first first preseason game, first play, first tackle, smoked a guy and penalty. <laughs> no, he's crazy. So, he like he really yeah, just like tries yeah. to take you off your head on every play. He's really old school. Yeah, it's good good uh, Steeler vibes. So uh, he's gonna fit in well. And Keanu Neal. I mean, you guys they have so many veteran guys. This is not a young team at all. You have a ton of, at least on the defense, you have like a crazy amount of vets. Totally. Yeah. No. And I, I liked uh, a guy I liked in college, uh, DeMarvin Leal. I wasn't planning on talking about him. I forgot he's on this team. I don't think he did anything last year, but uh, he was really impressive um, in the SEC. And uh, yeah, I guess he barely played last year, it looks like. Yeah. He was a guy I remember. Uh, seeing him in mocks in the first round and, you know, yeah. being super talked about and then just totally, um, you know, came out of nowhere in the third round. Um, and I was like, wow, this guy fell all the way. And, and yeah, I didn't get a lot of reps last year, but um, it's such a deep defensive line room um, that I don't know how much we're going to see of him, but I know that he's also at a strong camp. I know that, you know, they haven't forgotten about him. He had a good game um, last Friday. So um, I'm excited about him. Yeah, I will say, you know, sometimes I, I go through a team's roster and I'm like, ooh, they have nobody. Or like, why are they expected to be good? I came away much more impressed with the Steelers than I thought I would be. I think they have an incredible amount of depth on defense. Just they have, I, like, I don't even know how the payroll works. They got so many guys. And I guess part of it is they have a lot of young players uh, like Pickens and, and Harris and Pickett on rookie contracts on offense uh, at, at premium positions and 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 the the tackles as well. Uh, but yeah, I think the roster is better than people think, which sucks uh, because the AFC North is is going to be uh, a bloodbath. And I, I think it's, you know, there's no real weak team at all. But this is not a bad team. If Pickett is if Pickett is like the 17th best quarterback in the NFL, if he is average, uh, then this team, uh, you know, is definitely a playoff contender. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And I think people are going to be really surprised by Kenny. here. There was nothing that caused me concern with him last year. And I think you only saw him get better. So uh, I, I'm very optimistic, but like you said, it's a very tough division, kind of like your division. Um, and we'll just kind of see how the injuries shake out. That's the wild card that kind of seems mm-hmm. to dictate how the division goes every year. Yeah. So, All right, let's, um, let, we'll yeah. Instead of a prediction, let's do a quick schedule game. Okay. Um, okay. All right. So week one, funky we opener uh, Steelers Niners. I think we'll take a loss on that one. Yeah, I'll say loss. Okay. Yeah, there's a tough way to open. And then you uh, host Monday Night Football week two against the Browns. I'm sure you're going to have them winning that game. Yes, we do. 
and then a, a lot of a lot of picket. Uh, and I was surprised to see this game get uh, the Sunday night um, pick uh, in in week three. It's, it's it's kind of like not as high profile a matchup as you'd normally see on Sunday night. But Steelers Raiders uh, Sunday night football week three in Vegas. Yeah, we're I'll we're gonna take win. a win. <laughs> And it could be one of these things where, like, all the execs just want to go to Vegas. I don't blame them if that's what, like, <laughs> got to put a game in Vegas. It's fun. Uh, so that's two and yeah. one. And at Houston, win. Uh, hosting Baltimore. And if you guys argue, I will break the tie for you, by the way. It's weird. I, I think we're going to lose that one at home. Okay. So th- I uh, three, usually give a, yeah. I, I think Baltimore, I always go one and one. I think we've been really good against Lamar. And so for the for the home game, I'll give us the win there. I'll give us the L on the road. All right. So we'll agree to split the Baltimore games when we get there. Uh, yeah. Which is not until week 18. Um, all right. So three and two, we'll say. And then um, at the Rams, you have a buy in week six, which I think is the first buys of this season, if I'm not mistaken. And then at the Rams. I think that's a win, too. Okay. A win. All right, four and two. Uh, uh, interesting three-game homestand: Jacksonville, Tennessee, and Green Bay. Do you see them losing any of those games? The I Tennessee one is on Thursday night. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, think Jacksonville will be tough. I think they're yeah. going to be good this year. So I, I'm, I'm, I might say L there. I agree. All right, and then win Lost against Jack. Tennessee and Green Bay. Yes. Yes. So six and three, and then at Cleveland and Cincy. I think we split those. I don't know which way, but I, I'd probably lean just probability-wise to beating Cleveland, losing Cincy. But AFC North is just you know a crapshoot. So, right. so you have them sweeping Cleveland, okay? But seven and four mm-hmm. hosting Arizona, probably the easiest game you can have on your schedule. Yeah. Old win. Super Bowl rematch. Yeah, uh, eight and four. Uh, another Thursday night game. You guys have three primetime home games. Kind of sucks for the season ticket holders. Um, but uh, fun if you want to watch the Steelers uh, hosting the Patriots. That's a scary one. I always see us throwing an easy game. Not that the Patriots yeah. are a bad team, but I see us throwing an easy game, and I feel like the Patriots are one of those teams that I could see Belichick getting a win against us. Especially on a short week. So um, I think that's a loss also. Okay, go and loss. All right, 8-5 uh, and five at Indy. Win. Win. All right, nice. That brings you to nine and five, right in the divisional mix, probably. Um, as I just accidentally clicked out of the schedule. Um, okay, second. Unless you guys know the schedule offhand, as I X'd my whole uh, Chrome out. Um, okay, uh, nine and five hosting the Bengals. Now you've lost to them technically on the schedule. You're going to get swept by the Bengals. Is that at home? I forget. Yes, this is the this is the home game. I think we pull I, that one out. I think we take one of them. Yeah, this is I like Saturday it. afternoon, but it's like a standalone game. It's like Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, I think I haven't. Get... I haven't mind playing against Burrow. I mean, he threw twelve picks last year, and and half of them were to the Steelers. And I think in that second game, should have been a couple more. Um, like the I, I think okay. I think I think those divisional games are are always going to be close. So I I think I give us one there, especially as the season goes on. We start to get hot down the stretch. Yeah. All right. So ten to five at Seattle on New Year's Eve. I I think the West Coast trips have been tough for us. Um, I, I think that's a uh, a danger of a lost one. I think we're a better team, but I can see that being a little bit of a trap game. Okay. Uh, and then we have you down as a loss already because you have we we counted. I think no, we counted Baltimore as a loss. So I think this is we count this as a win. If we, I think we said, yeah, you know, lose the road game, win the home. Game. That's 11 and six, right? right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that sounds fair. Yeah, because you 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 beat Cincy at home ten. Yeah, so eleven and six. Um, okay. Uh, there the Steelers number is only eight and a half. So you guys are going way over. I usually do this yeah. at the beginning. Do you want to guess where the Steelers are ranked? Where we have this team? I think you probably got them right in the middle of the road, around you know sixteen, seventeen. Okay, a little bit lower. Uh, I had them twenty. Alex had them twenty-one. Somehow that averages out to nineteen. I don't know. Math is weird. Um, so maybe we're a little low, but I think if I had to do it again, I would put them in the teens and, you know, maybe even closer to 16 because I, uh, I don't want to mention some of the teams that haven't been released yet, but yeah, I, I like this roster more than a couple teams that are in the teens, I think. Yeah. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And I, I think there's a, a very strong chance that they do sneak into the playoffs this year. Um, I think people are sleeping on Kenny a little bit. I think we went nine and eight last year and, and went yeah. seven and two down the stretch, and we only got better everywhere. And so I don't want to be the the you know super optimistic fan every year, but I think that we really did only get better, and I think that we're totally going to be competing for a playoff spot. If the Jets could just beat the Dolphins in the boringest game of all time, at week seventeen, week eighteen <laughs> last year, we're in the playoffs, <laughs> and, uh, and it didn't work out that way. But um, yeah, that's how close we were last year. I think we've only gotten better this year. Um, okay. You know, we have not played the roster game at all yet. Uh, but you guys, would you guys be up to, uh, play the roster game before we go? Sure. Can you explain it again? <laughs> yeah, it's very simple. I, uh, you pick a number from one to a hundred and I name a player on the team and you tell me everything you know about that player. Okay. This is, uh, this is Cade's realm. So go for it. <laughs> oh man, we'll see. Okay. Do you know, you know, the roster, you know, one to 90? Uh, I think so. Okay, good. All right, pick a number, and it's not their jersey number. It's uh, it's ran, it's randomized. I'll go fifty. Fifty. Okay. Tell me about Miles Killebrew. Miles Killebrew. He is a uh, safety special teamer we signed from Detroit. He's he's mostly gotten reps on special teams. He had a block punt versus Los Angeles um, two years ago. Um, block punt versus Buffalo in Week One two years ago. Number twenty eight. He's a, he's a he's a solid special teams guy. He's gonna make the roster again this year. Um, I got some reps at safety. As the year went on. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.